Hey y'all, it's Carmen. Thank you for joining me today for the Let's Be Real podcast. I hope that you've had a great week and we're going to dive right in to um, the next three chapters in the book of Proverbs. So I hope that um, those of y'all who tuned in last week have been preparing, have read those chapters this week. And so we'll get, we'll get going here. I'm not going to, of course, read every bit of the scripture, but I will go through and read some of the passages out of each chapter. And then we'll discuss, discuss it as a whole. The main themes for today is really summed up in this idea of wisdom versus adultery and folly. Now, I don't know much about adultery. I know that it is devastating to all that are involved. And I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I know anything about how that feels to go through that situation. But in a little bit, I do have some interesting statistics that I want to share with you just to kind of put in perspective the outlook over adultery, especially as it pertains to the evangelical community. But when we think about folly, now I may know a little bit more about folly. And as I think about that word, I just think about you know, those old like blooper videos that you would see of like sports um, games that happened and somebody like fumbled the ball or they tripped over themselves or the ball kept bouncing around the field. If you're thinking about a football game or something like that, those bloopers, that's what I think about when I think about folly. And uh, this week I had a little folly incident myself. So it was one night I had gone out to walk our dog, and uh, we don't keep her on a leash because of her her neck issues. Uh, if you remember the surgery that she had several months ago, so we keep her off of a leash, but she stays right where she's supposed to, just walking down the street beside us. We were coming back towards the house, and it had been raining, so the road was a little slick. Well, there was a car coming up the hill, heading our way, and so I wanted to make sure I got her out of the street so that she wouldn't get hit. Well, in the process of trying to rescue her, I took a little tumble. And let's just say that the slick road and my Tom shoes did not agree with each other. And I made a big old fool out of myself. I ripped a hole in my favorite blue jeans. And now I have a skint up scabby knee. So you know, if somebody had been watching and had taken a slow motion video of that, it would have been pretty funny. So I may know a little bit about folly, but of course, this is really not the folly that we're talking about here. This is character follies. This is things that are inside, internal characteristics that really are foolish. And it's really the opposite of wisdom. So let's get back to uh, the idea of adultery. And I want to read these, these statistics from a 2017 uh, study done by the Gospel Coalition. I know those are, that's a few years old, but I think it'll be very helpful to kind of drive this point home. So the question was asked of evangelicals, how often, if ever, 
would you say the following activities would be cheating on a spouse or a partner? And here are the different things that they asked about. The first one was following an ex on social media. Only 23% would consider that cheating. Watching pornography without your partner, 31% said that was not cheating. Oh, excuse me, 31% said that was cheating. Going to a strip club without your partner, 37% said that was cheating. Going out to dinner with someone that you are attracted to, 53% would consider that cheating. Sending flirtatious messages to someone besides your partner, 58% considers that to be cheating. Being emotionally involved with someone besides your partner, 67%. Actively maintaining an online dating profile, 68%. Sending sexually explicit messages to someone other than your partner, 75%. And the list goes on. But if you think about these things, there's only two-thirds of evangelicals would say that watching pornography is not cheating. It's not considered adultery. Half of evangelicals would say that going out to dinner with someone they're attracted to is not cheating. And there's 25% of evangelicals somewhere who think that sending sexually explicit messages to someone other than their partner is not cheating. So is the need for this instruction from the book of Proverbs, is it real? I would say that yes, it is. So let's get to it. So chapter four, again, we see these words, listen, my sons. To your father's instruction, pay attention and gain understanding. It continues to go on to highlight the role of the father. So a father's role in the spiritual guidance of a child is significant. In verses five through nine, fathers are encouraged to point their children in the way of God. They're also called to instruct and to teach wisdom. See, the funny thing is, wisdom is not just going to, quote, fall on your child's head or your own head, for that matter. We must be active in getting it and in passing it along to our children. So on into the chapter, how do we get wisdom and get understanding? There's six things that come out of chapter four that will help us in understanding how we get wisdom and how we get understanding. Number one, we don't forget the wise words or guidance that we have been given. Somebody in our lives has given us wise words, has given us guidance, these golden morsels of just pointing us in the right direction. Don't forget those. Number two, we get wisdom and we get understanding when we understand that we may have to sacrifice some things, and that's okay. Number three, we esteem and should exalt wisdom. It's important. It's supreme. And we should understand that. Number four, we're going to get wisdom and we're going to get understanding when we live our life on straight paths. It's hard to do. Each little decision determines what kind of path we're going to live on. Number five, we hold on to instruction. This is this idea of... um, seizing it up or catching it. We're going to do that to the instruction. When someone gives us instruction, when we open up the word of God and we see these wonderful truths that we can learn from, we're going to catch it. We're going to seize it up and we're going to hold on to it. We're not going to let it go. And then number six, 
Don't walk on the same paths of the wicked. Sometimes wickedness is hard to see, but a lot of times it's blatantly right there in our face. We know what's right and wrong. When we see something or someone doing something wrong, steer away from what they're doing. Don't make those same decisions. That's going to help us to get wisdom and get understanding. And this is all laid out in chapter four. So back to this idea about parents, fathers and mothers, and the spiritual guidance that we can give to our children. I love the verses of in chapter four, verses 23 through 27, and I'm going to read those now. It says, my son, pay attention to what I say. Listen closely to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart for they are life to those who find them and health to a man's whole body. Above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. Put away perversity from your mouth. Keep corrupt talk far from your lips. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Make level paths for your feet and take only ways that are firm. Do not swerve to the right or the left. Keep your foot from evil. This really is a way that parents can pray for their kids. Pray these verses over your children, young or old, born, and dare I say even any unborn children that you may have. Really get practical with this. Insert their names into each of these verses. Like I would say, let Shelby's eyes look straight ahead. Fix Shelby's gaze directly before her. Insert their names into these scriptures and pray this over your children. God's going to honor those prayers. All right, so that was our, that was chapter four. So let's look at chapter five. Again, he opens up with my son. It's so interesting that we must pay attention to wisdom and listen to insight so that we can maintain discretion and preserve knowledge. And then he goes into the adultery aspect, this idea of wisdom and adultery warring together. He talks about the adulteress. These are in verses 3 through 14. The adulteress is a stranger, and compromise begins with conversation. Let me say that again. Compromise begins with conversation. Some practical wisdom here, just like what they that study showed us. Only 23% of evangelical Christians think that interacting with someone on social media, an ex-boyfriend, girlfriend, co-worker, that's not a lot of percent. A lot of folks have already compromised, and it began with conversation. Watch who you talk to, co-workers, Keep some boundaries. Social media, you need boundaries there. Text messages, another place to have boundaries. You know, I want to encourage any married couples out there that are listening, husbands and wives, make a commitment right now that you will not even enter into some type of friendship on Facebook or following on Instagram or anything like that with anybody in your past that you had any type of romantic relationship with. I think that's just an invitation to the enemy to start breaking down a strong bond you may have with your spouse. 
think about that. And it's real easy to unfollow somebody you already started following or defriend somebody you've already befriended. It's one click of a button. And if this is going to help your marriage, why not do it? More about adultery. Do not create situations that will breed compromise. No good can come from adultery. Keep yourself away from it. Like I said earlier, it's devastating to all that are involved. Married or single, children and parents. Adultery does not discriminate. It doesn't discriminate on your race, on your beliefs, religious beliefs, your age. And no marriage is above slipping and falling. But I'm, this has been talking about physical adultery, but I think that I would be doing a disservice to you if I did not talk about spiritual adultery. The adulteress is sin. We need to be aware of sin's temptations. And the same advice that we see here about a physical adultery, of human-to-human relationship, we also need to follow it when it comes to our relationship to God. Enjoy your relationship with Him. Don't let anything come in and take away from that. May he be your first love, not anyone or anything else. Verses 15 through 19 in this chapter 5 talk about drinking water from your own cistern, running water from your own well. Solomon also wrote Song of Songs or Song of Solomon. And in chapter 4, he talks about this same idea. Solomon here is promoting fidelity in a marriage. Enjoy each other. That's wisdom. Keep your marriage exciting so you are not tempted to find excitement elsewhere. Stay close to God and you will naturally stay close to your spouse. Verse 20 says, Why be captivated, my son, by an adulteress? Why embrace the bosom of another man's wife? Why? I think that really is the question that we must ask ourselves. Why would you do that? Stay close to God and you will naturally stay close to your spouse. Okay, chapter six jumps into talking about warnings against folly. So several things come out in these. I'm just going to run through them very quickly before we wrap up. Folly will show itself in financially overextending. These are in verses one through five, financially overextending. Number two, folly shows itself in being a sluggard or being lazy. This is in verses 6 through 11. Number three, folly is causing dissension or having a deceitful heart, which can lead to being a scoundrel and a villain. And that's in verses 12 through 15. And then number four, folly is having qualities that the Lord hates. And there are seven of those. And that's in verses 16 through 19. So we look back to finish up chapter six. Solomon goes back again and begins to talk with his son about adultery. More warnings about this. Adultery is no good and no sound judgment is present when adultery is present. That's not my words. This is in verses 24 through 35. So to finish up this episode, I want to read uh, from chapter 6. Verses 20 through 23, and then I want to pray for us before we head out. Verse 20, my son, keep your father's commands and do not forsake your mother's teaching. Bind them upon your heart forever. Fasten them around your neck. When you walk, 
They will guide you. When you sleep, they will watch over you. When you awake, they will speak to you. For these commands are a lamp. This teaching is a light. And the corrections of discipline are the way to life. Let's pray. Dear God, I thank you for this opportunity to spend in your word. I thank you for this wisdom that you give to us so freely. God, you could have easily chosen to withhold wisdom from us, but yet you give it to us in abundance. I pray that we would get it, we would get wisdom, we would get understanding, and when we do, we would hold on to it. Hold on to it with everything that we are. God, I pray that we would heed the warnings against adultery and folly and how that fleshes itself out in our day-to-day lives. God, we may we make these small, godly decisions today that will guard us against folly and adultery in the future. God, I pray that we would have fidelity in our relationship with you first and foremost. And then for those of us who are married, we would have fidelity there as well. God, I pray for our children. I pray that they would get wisdom and they would get understanding and that we would be faithful to provide the spiritual guidance that they need to get through this life and live a life that pleases you, fixing their eyes on you and walking on the straight paths. God, we love you. I pray these prayers for my friends and for myself, and I ask them in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right. Thank you all for joining me today. Next week, we're going to go through chapters 7, 8, and 9. So if you want to, go ahead and get prepped for that and read those three chapters um, this coming week. I think that would be very helpful as we go in to dig into what it has to say to us. I hope you'll meet me right back here next week. God bless and see you soon. Thank you for joining me today for the Let's Be Real podcast. I sure hope you have been encouraged by our talk. Join me next week for another new episode. Meet me right back here then. If you have been blessed by this podcast, please rate us, subscribe, and share with a friend. I would also love to hear from you. You can email me at berealcarmen at gmail.com. Let me know where you are listening from and how I can be praying for you. This is Carmen. Go be real. The world needs to see it.